Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Cold Storage, brought to you by Mike and Ike, Arizona, <laughs> Hellcat Maggie, and whatever Spencer's drinking. Mm. Sweaty neck. Sweaty neck. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> Callie. Along with me is... Spencer from uh, Cold Storage. And sometimes I am Ryan. And all the other times he's Maggie. <laughs> um, so, we've had just quite the... Quite a few weeks. Oh my <laughs> gosh, yeah. It's been so inconsistent. I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. I apologize. But personally. Yes. You can you can take that to the bank that I am sorry. Cash it. Yep. Um so in the meantime, uh since we've last talked, mm-hmm. um I have met Mike Royer. Talk a little tell Who's us a little bit about that. So Mike Royer is uh, one of Kirby's inkers. Um, he did uh, part of the part of OMAC, part of the Demon, Commandy. Um, he did some, some Mr. Miracle. Mr. Shit, Miracle, right? yep. He did some New Gods. He's done uh, Sandman. Nope, I don't think. Did he do yeah, Sandman? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he did Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, he did Sandman. Yeah, you're right. Yep. He did Eternals, Captain Victory. So there's a bunch of stuff. If you've read. Um, a few bits of Kirby's work, mostly um, Silver Age stuff. Do you want to know what he did that's coming out in two months and I completely forgot to ask him about it? What's that? Um, Ding Bat Love? Yeah, dude. I didn't even talk to him about oh, that. Yeah. It comes out in two months and it's the last known complete Kirby stories that haven't been published. Oh, crap. Maybe I should pre-order that then. Yeah. I've been going back and forth yeah, with it, should. but then I'm like, I don't know. I'm dude, you'll never romance. get new Kirby stuff. This is the last time you'll ever get unreleased, unpublished Kirby stuff. Where'd my phone go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm about to order uh, right now. Um, don't order it right now. Okay. okay wait till the end I'll of the wait podcast. Till the wait till okay. the listeners okay. have a chance. So a couple, <laughs> of, a couple funny things though. He told me, he said that uh, every time DC reprints something that he's worked on, he is very well compensated for hmm. it. That's um, good. Through DC, but he said Marvel is horrible about com- com- compensating him for that his sucks. work. I know. I felt I felt really bad for him. He did work for Disney for a while, animation, right? Do they compensate him? Um, he didn't talk about Disney specifically. He did mention Marvel by name and DC by name, mm-hmm. and he said that DC, anytime a reprint comes out, he gets anywhere from eighteen hundred dollars. He told you numbers. Yeah, he's like anywhere from eight hundred dollars to twenty two hundred dollars. Holy shit! Like, and it, it comes to him like once every like few months or whatever. Dude, I need to be a comic artist. So he, every time something's... They're living the life of Riley. <laughs> yeah, printed or sold, he gets money off huh. it, so... There's some other funny stuff he told me, too, but... Let's hear about it, man. So, um, I had him sign my Mr. Miracle cover of the train, and it says, uh... Kelly had about 16 comic books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually had four, but, you know... He actually told me the story. These guys came up one time to have him sign between the two of them. They were brothers. 90-something 
comics. And he used to never charge for his signature. And then finally after that, he's like, I'm charging for it. So then he talked to Neil Adams. Neil Adams like, you should be charging $30 for your signature. Oh, yeah, of course. Neil Adams. No, dude, he told me a different Neil Adams story. And then, and then Neil Adams, right after that, changed his signature shirt purchase to $50 a signature. Dude, wow. I got a completely different story from okay, Mike well, Roy. Yeah, oh, story my gosh. We Neil busted Adams. him, dude. dude he told me that Neil Adams, and actually, honestly, listeners, Kelly's memory is probably just wrong about what the actual story was. But <laughs> the actual story was that Neil Adams t- told him to charge in multiples of 20 because everybody goes to the ATM and that he should charge $20 for his uh, autograph. He didn't tell you that? No, he didn't say that. And then he said that like right after he gave him that advice, he raised his own yeah. price to 50 Dude, my career is full of shit. <laughs> Neil, well, Neil Adams legitimately was $50 when I went to meet him, and I'm like, hey, can I have you sign this? Because I was going to have him sign that Batman book over there. Dude, in my opinion, if you can get it, Charge it, dude. That's that's yeah. my opinion. Exactly. Sure. God yeah. bless him. It's you know, we live in a capitalist society, man. Yep. And it's a market-driven uh, market. Well, the cool thing about Mike Royer <laughs> is his. He's saying that his his signatures go to cancer, uh, um, tr- like uh, research and stuff, which mm. is really awesome. Okay, can I tell you? That's another thing you missed, dude. That was a joke. He tells people that as a joke. It's funny if he tells it as a joke. He says cool. in this pocket it goes to uh, cancer research. N- in cancer research, and the other pocket goes to <laughs> the boss or something like that. As he said. <laughs> and he puts Me, it all the same because pocket. he had. He's a cancer survivor. He said uh, he gets to keep uh, five bucks of his money. Is what oh, he that's, said. That's so really the awesome. cancer research is him just <laughs> joking around. But Cal, he was I just like, catch it. I guess. Where can I don't here? Take more. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, he was he was he a really had cool me guy. there so I could translate. He was, uh, uh, Mike Boyer. <laughs> English for you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then? Oh, and then, so the Mr. Miracle book, um, I, I said, hey, because I really wanted Adam West to do this for me, and his the guy that was in, like helping Adam West was a total douchebag. said he wouldn't do it. So instead, <clears throat> excuse me, I had Mike Royer write around the train, the front of the train said, no, I will not sign your breasts. <laughs> I just thought that would be the funniest thing. So he does it. He's like, I'll make an exception. So he writes this dad down, signs it. And then he tells me this story about this very scantily clad Polynesian woman that comes to him and says, hey, can you draw a Mickey Mouse on my thigh? And he said that it was the most shakiest Mickey Mouse he'd ever drawn. <laughs> and then he starts going off about, like, um, on his Facebook, he gets all these friends requests from these, like, women and uh how he like saves pictures of them for like <laughs> photo reference <laughs> it's so funny dude he's like photo reference anyway photo dude, reference. that's funny because he was telling me that uh he had this extra badge where he could get into the green room basically in the back and he said if you see any like booth babes around tell them to send them over to <laughs> and i'll take them back into the that's green room awesome Dude, he's a little perv. He is totally great. Dude, yeah. No, but I love him. the guy, dude. That, that's slender. He's not. Uh, actually, we should probably edit this out. <laughs> um, How much because he's awesome. <laughs> and I got a cool drawing, a Mickey Mouse drawing from him. Yeah, that's and, incredible. I'm so stoked about that, dude. So. And, but, Kelly, there's more to your story, even. You called his house for God's sake. Oh, sakes. yeah, I did call his house. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, so Jeez, anyway, why am I after he does, he does, like, uh, commissions where he does, like, recreations of stuff that's that. Uh, Kirby's done. He'll re-ink it and then uh, sell it. So I emailed him uh, about a couple pieces, and he never emailed me back. 
So I was like, it had been like maybe five days For or something. five hours. So I call his house. And when I call, it's like, it rings like five or six times. And then it goes to the answering machine. And it's it's him. And he says, this is the best comic created duo in, uh, you know, whatever. And, and he's like, please leave it. And then, and then all of a sudden I hear the phone pick up. And it's his wife. And she says, hello? And I'm like, oh, hi. I was calling to talk to Mike about getting, oh, hold on, hold on. He's here. He's here. Hold on. So he comes to the phone and like. He's like, hello? And I'm like, hey, Mike. And so I asked him uh, about uh, getting a commission done. So uh, he finally emailed me back. I emailed him again today. Um, one of the pieces I want is $1,000. Oh, baby. The other piece I want is $800. Oh, ma'am. So I don't know. I mean, dude, again, if that people seems about will pay right, for it. Yeah, it's Mike Royer's inks on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So it's the closest you'll ever get to owning a real Jack Kirby page, right? Right. So, so, so I, I asked him um, how much it would be to like dumb down one of them a little bit to see if it would drop the price. Just because, dude, that's so my pocket. Somebody, are... If somebody asked me that as an artist, I would just be like, dude, sorry. I... Well, and I didn't do it in those terms. I just said because it's like a character with a background. I asked him if he took the background out, what it would, what mm. it would be. So, just so it's just like a pinup of a character. Gotcha. And it, so it wasn't as tacky as like, hey, can you dumb it down for me? So, anyway, so we'll see how that comes out and. Uh, Hopefully, dude. Santa how much delivers. will you pay me to ink some Jack Kirby's pages? <laughs> dude, I'll do dude, it for two hundred fifty yeah. bucks. Okay, two hundred fifty, and I'll even mm. sign Mike Royer's name to it. Okay, who didn't sign this phone? Uh, you. Um, so anyway, that was that was a cool uh, little event, and then I uh, met Ryan Otley, and he wrote Die Cali in my book. Is he the only person that signed Die Cali to your? I feel like somebody else must have done um, that. Before. So the guy um, Andrew, Mc, I think it's McLaren. He does uh, a book called Headlopper. Headlopper. Yeah, it's. Uh, hmm. I think it's I can't remember it's book. image. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I had him sign in the inside for me. Um, Die Riker, love Cali. Oh, okay. that's what it was. So I just thought it'd be funny because, anyway, it's a bit long story behind that. But anyway, um, Ryan. Yes. So tell us what you've been reading. Uh, I've been working my way through that the first Conan omnibus still <laughs> there's a lot it's there take you a while, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and then my local library got a few more Tom King um, books they got three more Batmans of which I checked out two and then uh, they got Mr. Miracle and um, with the Batman stuff I'm still about I think like 80% of it is super good. And then the other 20%, it just seems like really a lot of what he's doing and saying seems very out of character to me. But, uh, so, so it's like 80, 20, but like the vision series that he did, I loved really much. And then, um, Mr. Miracle, I thought was remarkable. I thought it was awesome. It was really, really good. Wait, what? It was a good curveball right there. Mr. Miracle. No, I'm serious. <laughs> dude, you totally set this up to be like you didn't like it. And no, I was I ready didn't. to like... I was yeah, saying, dude, let's just like, talk about it on the podcast. I've been making calculations in my head. How no, it man, it's, it's, it is fantastic. It's wow. really super good. The, the only thing I didn't like is at the end... The, the carrots. I don't remember it. Oh, uh, Dark no, I, I like that very, very much. I don't like I mean, that's kind of a... I like that very much. But um, what I didn't like is like they, they kind of just like said, well, this is another reality or whatever. I, I kind of felt like they were, that pulled some of the punches of what had yeah. happened 
right. you know, I also realized that he can't kill F and dark side. Right. You know what I mean? Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. folks. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I thought um, it was freaking great. And I don't know. I, I hardly know anything about Mr. Miracle or, um, you know, big barter or any of that stuff really besides just the surface stuff. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I liked it a lot. Dude, I think it's one of the best updates of a hero um, that that's ever been written because it, it took major elements um, and even small elements from the original series, but completely flipped it on its head for um, today's society, but like not in a bad way. Usually that's bad when they try to update it, but... I thought that their take on it was so awesome, and yeah. and Mitch Gerard's like artwork is freaking amazing. Oh, He's yeah. doing stuff that I've never seen before, just like with the colors and how it's all glitching out and stuff. Like, it looks so freaking cool, dude. Yeah, it was really really good. Yeah, I I mean he definitely like his art is so original. Like I've looked read some of I went back and read like uh, what's that Sheriff of Babylon. Yeah, and his art was just it was so just like plain generic uh, yeah it was just like a comic book artist if you're gonna think oh like say you're making a movie where there's a comic book artist you need some comic book art you would grab his art right okay. nothing too fancy about it it's just pretty you know just straightforward but then with this mr miracle series a little bit in vision but especially with uh, mr miracle he just like completely flipped it uh and it was just so cool and i loved the parts i loved were um just kind of like the the, the moments where he's just like this dude, right? But he's a god at the same time, right? right? Yeah. And I, and and Kirby did do some of that too. Like that that's a Kirby thing. But like he made it more that Mr. Rod's art, the way he drew um, Scott Free, was just like he's like a friend of yours, right? And like he's always wearing like a superhero T-shirt yeah. and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yeah, dude, the, the best the best joke in the whole thing is how Batman kills babies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that was so awesome. Yeah, it was. Oh boy, it was so good. It was uh, really, really good. Yeah, it lived up to the hype, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's good. oh that makes me happy, dude. You totally made me think you were gonna hate it. <laughs> no, yeah, just that tiny little thing at the end just felt like a little bit of a cop out. But I also understand that he couldn't right. do that in regular continuity, you know. Right. But standing alone, I mean, it's it's a. Oh yeah, it's great. And it's like. I mean, it hits all the nerves. I mean, it talks, you know, like, fa- like ma- not necessarily marital issues, but marital things that you would talk about with your spouse. How to, like, raising a kid, um, you know, just everyday life. But then, like you said, like, he's a regular dude, but then he's also a god, you know. Kind of like Jesus in yeah, that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jesus, and, uh, Jesus could hang. He was a carpenter. That's a regular dude back in the day. Yeah. Right? Yep. He was Ooh, a dude. Maybe it's another dude. Maybe we just found something out about Mr. Miracle, huh? Um, he wasn't maybe. a very good escape artist, though. What's that? He wasn't a very oh. good escape artist, though. Oh, dude, the opening scene. The no, opening I'm talking s- about Jesus. Oh, Je- <laughs> No, he was. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he, got, he-, he got out of the cave, but, you know, I'm, t- I'm talking about the, <laughs> no. thing, the thing before that. <laughs> Callie, what do you think? I had no comment. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Dude, don't worry. Jesus doesn't listen. <laughs> no, I don't think he does, dude. I, I highly doubt. Um, dude, you know what? He Cr- would be so confused about what a podcast is, dude. You wouldn't, oh, even, totally, be yeah, he wouldn't even know. He'd, yeah, he'd be like, this is yeah. no way this exists. It's like, what was this like a uh, place to like get the commandments from? Or is this like a burning bush or something? <laughs> uh, granny goodness oh, in that boy. book is pretty 
um hardcore man yeah dude yeah just she them is oh boy awful which book are we reading in that or review oh, yeah sorry sorry uh new frontier by darwin cook dot com There's not going to be a lot about this, Callie, that I that I'm going to say that's good. Okay, I thought you were a uh, Darwin Cook fan. Darwin Cook, artist, artist, and adapter of other people's write, okay. written works. Yeah. So you like his artwork? Let's record. And this. you like Parker? It's totally. Is it recording? Oh, yeah. okay. We're yeah. back. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, yes. get on the bus, I'm man. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I'm just saying, Callie, like Darwin Cook. I, in fact, I've always talked this book up. In retrospect, I don't know if I've ever read it. <laughs> I think I've always just looked at the pictures, dude. Like because it's it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's sure so gorgeous. Is. It's one of the most beautiful comics ever made. I'll give you that. But I wish it was a silent comic book. Dude. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> because so so here, what what has Darren Cook written? He wrote. Uh, I mean, he's written a lot of things, but major things he's written. So this uh-huh. and did he write he that wrote, Catwoman and when? No, that was Brubaker. He did a Catwoman story though. Right? No, Brubaker. Well, yeah, he's maybe written a Catwoman story, okay. but like that whole series was Brubaker. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and he wrote uh, Batman Confidential. Do you remember? Yeah, Tim Ego. Sale. He wrote Batman Tim Ego. Sale yeah, wrote and Confidential. Did he write Ego? Yeah, he wrote Ego. Yeah, he. That was how he was breaking in because he said that he uh, he presented it to DC and they're like, "You're not what we're looking for right now." Oh, he, really? And then when he presented Ego, and then he went back like five, ten years later and represented it, and they're like, okay. And so they took Ego and <laughs> published it. Hmm. So Batman Ego, I mean, was just his, I think, his way in. And I think he's really well known for that. Um, the other thing is because him and Bruce Timm's uh, artwork is very similar. You know, I, um, didn't wasn't he I, an animator mm-hmm. with Bruce Timm on on animated series okay yeah, yeah but sure. I'm, I'm actually gonna beg to differ with that i used to think that too that they were really similar but like the more i see darwin cook art cook's art i don't think that they are similar dude like th- it's cartoony and his women are curvy yeah but i think that's where it ends to me dude like, but also the simplicity i feel like there's more simplicity not necessarily dude i think darwin cook's art is way less simplistic than bruce tim's dude like yeah like if you look at like a close up of a face of Darwin Cook's art, there's there's lots of lines and stuff in the face where uh, I do see what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. it's more simple than like say a Jim Lee, uh, right. right? Yeah. But like at the same time, um, it's grittier. Darwin Cook has a little bit grittier feel. Yeah, Bruce Tim is, is right. more minimalistic. And I think, yeah, I think that's why style Darwin plays to this um, era. I mean, I guess this whole book is is oh, yeah, through sure. arrows, for sure. but but like you know, you think about like Parker, for instance, and then you think about um, the, some of that stuff that we go through through New Frontier, how his his style really lends to that, yeah. whereas you know the Bruce Tim stuff belongs on a afternoon cartoon show. Mm, depends on which Bruce Tim stuff you're you're looking at, because some of Bruce Tim stuff belongs in my bedroom alone. <laughs> yeah, he dra- he got- <laughs> with a bottle of. <laughs> <laughs> with a bottle of milk. Formula. Don't judge me, Callie. Okay? I like to drink formula when I look at naughty pictures. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> yeah, he likes to. 
Bruce likes the ladies. Yeah, but dude, God like, look, yeah. look at this picture of uh, Rick Flagg or whoever the crap that is. It is very much more complex than. Yeah. Um, it's it's cartoony. For sure. It's cartoony for sure. You can yeah. tell he came yeah. from animation, but it's definitely more gritty looking and yeah. dirty looking. And that's what I that's what I love about his art, and it does go really well with this like an old school comic. That's why Parker was so cool, and like this is so cool. My main thing, if I were to sum up my review of this comic in one second, let's see how fast I can say this. Uh, um, I would say that this book, is, so it's very nostalgic, but it's nostalgic for an era of DC Comics that. I'm not necessarily nostalgic for like that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's I I grew up in the '80s reading DC comics, so like like the Crisis era. Like I'm nostalgic for that stuff, but this is right. way before that. This is like beginnings of DC, right? Right. And this is uh, Jeff Loeb does this in his color books too, right? It's like a nostalgia piece. It's it's just uh, it's basically not meant for new readers. It's meant for people who love that stuff golden right. and silver yeah. age stuff right and this is just so nostalgic for stuff that i'm not you know connected to uh-huh. that i had a hard time connecting with this story itself that makes sense yeah um i did like it um but but that was the thing is i was like who's the audience for this because i'm like anybody who is nostalgic for it some of the parts are really boring because you know the story he's literally just kind of telling the story some of them he puts a twist on his own twist, but yeah. but there are parts where he's just telling the story of how this like like Green Lantern for example uh, he did put a twist on that, but there is the whole like uh, you know how he got the ring and stuff, and I'm just like right. we have skip. That. I'm yeah. like yeah, I'm like I know this story already. Right. So like who is this? Who is this comic for? <laughs> I mean, for it's definitely for people who enjoy amazing art, but like the actual story itself to me. I I'll stop here in a second, but to me felt long. It should have been. It could have been shorter. Maybe it would have been okay if I read it as it was coming out because I'm sure they came out what every two months or something or three months. I'm sure they weren't monthly uh, because they were so big and so it took, probably took forever to draw this comic. Right. There's so many pages There's and so tons. many panels and yeah. the art's amazing. Um, and so maybe it wouldn't have been as bad if I read it like like a sequential like not all at once I guess serially I guess is what I'm trying to say um, but all together I was just like holy crap dude like I could take out like 10 pages at a time of this thing what do you think Callie? yeah I mean I see your your point because there are some parts that are sloggy like you said especially like Green Lantern's origin you know and then they show like they have to like re- go back over, you know, the Flash's origin. I mean, yeah, it's only a couple panels, but they do that. But a couple of things I really did like is uh, when the losers are on the land that time forgot, like in how he mixed those genres together to present the basically where Golden Age ends and Silver Age begins. Right. Um, because you know, I mean, the losers are straight up in World War Two at the time. Um, and they they're on the island the island that island that time forgot land that time forgot I can't remember how it's well I think this series itself is called War that time forgot thank you okay land before time <laughs> but for instance I mean tying it together that way um, it, um, 
represents like the end of one era and the beginning of another and that's what the po- whole point of this book is is that it's the new frontier it's it's the beginning of the silver age of comics i mean we go through and and uh you know like our man's in there uh the justice society gets b- banned um you know there's people hunting down people with with masks and you know um, go ahead oh sorry no no go ahead the that's one thing that i did not like was just because we've seen it before so many times in the Watchmen and everywhere else just like the the government like coming in and saying you guys are are outlawed now and so like this is only the second time I've ever read it Uh and I had kind of forgotten that and so when I got to that part I was like ugh I swear it seems like that has been used way too many times that kind of a plot line but so but that's kind of a minor quibble and like another minor quibble I had that's related to that is just that Superman was kind of a government stooge and uh-huh. he always, that, and that always has kind of pissed me off like in the Dark Knight Returns and stuff that always kind of rankled me. Although I know that in historically, like you go back to the 40s and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that's, you know, but they couldn't criticize the government back then so they had to make right. him like pro-government and, you know, he's he's out there Fighting, way. fighting the Axis powers and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I, so I mean, it makes sense that historically, because this is like a very a love letter, kind of a historical uh, love letter to the old history. So I can see why he did that. But anyway, but go on. Let's let's but hear if, more about but that. But if you plot. think about like uh, one of the or our last episode, um, no, two episodes ago was uh, Superman Red Sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was the same way in that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do like. Uh, Personally, he wouldn't be my favorite superhero for that, but I kind of like that he is that way just because he's not 100% likable, right? He's not like a perfect superhero. Like, to me, he, in fact, that's the whole thing between him and Batman. It's always been that, is that Batman right. seems to think for himself, and Superman is all just for the ideals, regardless of, you know, what how you know what happens as a result of it. Right. And in a way, that is Superman's flaw, right? Like, that is his problem is that he that's his kryptonite per yeah se. yeah exactly there you go yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. It, and, and now that you say you mentioned the color books by Loeb, you know it makes me um this book to me um again the transition from golden to silver age but also the color books as a love letter to history this kind of is is almost a mishmash of kingdom come um to me anyway because i i always looked at kingdom come kind of like how the new the new characters were coming through like image comics and they're like brutal and bloody and you know mm-hmm. um, and Kingdom Come is kind of fighting those new heroes. The classic heroes are fighting the new heroes to keep them from becoming that way. Um, and that's kind of they're not exactly doing the same thing in this book, but but it's like a color book and Kingdom Come kind of mixed almost. Sure, in my that makes sense. I saw I, it. I can see that. So um, I think that. I mean, one of my... I'm going to just be shitting on this comic all night. Just do what you need to do, man. Um, I, again, the art is freaking flawless. And if it was based purely on the art, this would be one of the top comic books of all time. Okay? Um, but that said, I think the Watchmen was able to be a love letter to the past and bring something new to, and also like totally, to the current reader. Right. Totally like deconstructed. Yeah. Yeah. It was deconstructed, but yeah, at the same time, he didn't take away right. from the golden age. Right. Thing. 
Uh-huh. And that's what I thought was so like amazing about what he did is he was able to make a love letter, but also bring something new to it. Sure. A lot of this doesn't feel like much new was brought to it. It feels like it's just like, hey, remember when this happened? Oh, remember when this happened? This was cool. Remember when this happened? And then some stuff I know that he put in there, but at the same time, it's just, it could have happened. It, it isn't out of the realm of the Golden Age. He, he, he stuck really to the Golden Age formula where in Watchmen, Alan Moore didn't do that. He, he took the Golden Age and filtered it through a modern filter, which I, Darwin Cook for sure didn't. And he... Sh- he shouldn't. That's not his style. But right, yeah, he wouldn't want to. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and and I just am um, more just impressed at the fact that he was able to do something so big. Like I would say, if you were gonna, uh, Darwin Cook passed what three, four years ago, four years ago, I think. Um, and if you were going to say this is Darwin Cook's legacy, what's Darwin Cook's legacy? I think it would be for sure this book. New Frontier. Yeah, I yeah, think so. I yeah. agree. Because he basically had full control over it, um, except for I do got to say real quick that, that Dave Stewart. Oh yeah, crap, dude. great color, dude. This might be one of the most amazing color, amazingly colored books I've ever seen. For like, sure, is the colors are so perfect for what the story is, um, and uh, I just love like uh, the brushes. The di- this is all colored digitally, but the digital brushes that he used and stuff were just like. It looked like maybe chalk uh, or pastel or something. And I think that uh, it was colored so well that, like, I think, like, Dave, uh, so Darwin Cook drew the comic, but I think Dave Stewart created the atmosphere. I could agree with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. definitely lends to to the way the story is told. It sets the mood. Because when you think of New Frontier, you're thinking in colors, dude. Like, it, for me, like, when I think of New Frontier, I'm just thinking, like, bright, poppy right. colors, yeah. you know. And and that's all Dave Stewart. So props to that guy. Yeah. So quick quick question, because you guys know more about the history stuff than I do. The character in here, well, his alias was John Henry, John Wilson or whatever, right? Yeah, that's Steele. But okay, he so was that's redesigned what I, for this book. Okay, it was that's ret, what I thought. Basically retconned. Yes. Okay. He didn't exist back then. But dude, right. I actually made a note about this. Actually, that is the, one of the coolest parts, though. I it mean, is really cool. I like that a lot. But yeah, I couldn't tell if is this supposed to be like a different steel? Or then I was confused and I was thinking back because we reviewed on the old Tells from the Parents Basement. We reviewed something. They did this thing. DC did this thing called. Uh, it was just a limited thing called Red Circle, where it was like these old, old yeah, characters. Based and on we, the old Red Circle comics. Yeah, and yeah. we read one called The Hangman. Yeah. And I, so like in the back of my mind. Was I there? Yeah. Yeah, you were there. So yeah. in the back of my mind, I was thinking, wait, is this supposed to be The Hangman? But then, oh, yeah. but then, but then I did a little research, and I was like, I think this is steel. It, yeah, it's, it is steel. Oh, Spencer, sorry, you said you were going to make a point about this. Oh, sorry, no, I was just going to oh, make sorry. a point that like... Um, so Darwin Cook is writing a love letter to the early days of comics, right? And there's going to be a lack of representation somewhere if he's talking about oh, specifically Golden Age comics. Like, <laughs> yeah, good point. Like in the Silver Age, actually mostly Bronze Age, you started to see some black superheroes. But in the Golden Age, there was none, dude. There was none. And, and since he's writing this under his own name... In a modern day society, I don't mm. think that he could write this without including, uh, um, you know, somebody that's not white. So, 
Right. And I think that that's, and I love it. I love it. In fact, that's my favorite part about this book because he was such a cool oh, superhero. It was badass. Dude, it was so awesome because he took on like a hood, basically, just like the Ku Klux yep. Klan would do. But painted it black. Yeah. And it had a suit around it to, like, yeah. to tighten it. Yeah, and he's got a sledgehammer and everything, and he's got like a noose around his neck. He yes. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, like this, this image so here badass. of him standing in his costume with like a church on fire behind yeah. him yeah. is one of the coolest pictures in the entire book. And I love that they did that. I don't know if they ever explored this more, but I would 100% love to read uh, yeah, the story should. of this guy. Oh, me too, man. Like an Elseworlds or something would, about that yeah. would be so cool. The other, um, yeah, that. The other, uh, in fact, I like the way he portrays quite a few characters in this. Like, for instance, uh, later when he's talking, like the mystic characters show up. When they're um, having dinner on the moon. Yeah, dinner. Yeah. I love that Bill, Billy Batson <laughs> is on a floating pillow. Eating drinking, ice cream. Eating ice cream and drinking yeah. out of like a cup that has like a Shazam symbol on it. And I just think it's like the coolest image because he's like just a little kid on like a floating pillow, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's. Kids on pillows. Like Kids on Kelly's pillows, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just, there's so much like, uh, what's it called when something's hidden in the background? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like Easter eggs? Easter, thank you. Yeah. I can't, couldn't, the name, the, what's, what's that thing me? called on Easter where you like search for <laughs> eggs? <laughs> so can I tell you my favorite part? Yeah. It's when, it's when, yes. When yeah, Spence just showed a picture of what it. is it Which when part? when they're reading oh, the old yeah, book yeah. and they get to the Viking prince part uh-huh. and he and he starts aping Joe Kubert's yeah hundred yeah. pencils dude, and so, so that oh dude yeah. I would oh that was my favorite part by far just because I love that character and then the fact that he was doing Joe Kubert mm-hmm. just killed me but then it made me kind of pissed off that when they were doing the Dr. Seuss thing that he didn't ape Dr. Seuss. Well, dude, they did... Uh, I mean, Kirby was all through this book and they didn't do Kirby. I mean, they had challengers. They had... Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, like monsters and crap and, and they didn't do... So yeah, why he did, did like he do Cuber and no one else then? Because, because that's think, all he could do. Yeah, I think it's maybe just dude, one so here's, the, here's the... I think it was really smart to not try to ape Kirby because... 99% of the time when people do that, it looks stupid. Just like if anybody was going to try to do Mike well, Mignola's and, and, style. And they were too present. Like they, they were all throughout the book, so they, they mm-hmm. would have stood out. Yeah. 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 That would have been Whereas too this much was like work, selective. But... And it almost brought the Conan feel to it. Not, I, I know it's a Viking prince, but you know, it's it's the dude with a shirt off and a broadsword. You <laughs> right, know? fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I loved that part. Yeah, that was... That was my favorite yeah, part. dude, I was all about that because instantly you're like, "Holy cow, he's doing Joe Kubert! Uh-huh. He's doing pretty good yeah. at it." Oh like, yeah, for sure. And that's why I think it did so well because he was able to do pretty good at that. Well, you bring up the Dr. Seuss part, you know, like uh, you can admit to people uh, now. Dude, Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I am so. Yeah, you probably confused most people that don't have the absolute edition. <laughs> well, they, 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 yeah, they, they talk about him, but. Callie has an extra two pages in his absolute edition where when Dr. Seuss is being taken, taken over by the center, it shows him in his studio with all of his uh, Seussian type like stuffed animals stuffed up animals. around yeah, and yeah. shows him like getting ready to shoot himself and stuff, which is not in my trade paperbacks and it is not in the single issues that Spence read either. I read the uh, not the same. Well, I read them off of uh, the DC Universe app. So okay. uh, yeah, they weren't on the DC Universe app, which is crazy, right? Because DC could obviously put that stuff in there, but they don't. So yeah, so I, I I'm kind of 
I might need to flip through that later and see if there's any other stuff. But yeah, Kelly Cal- has me beat this time. I have I have the superior. Dude, this is like the first time, time ever, dude. Because Kelly's always like gotten like the, <laughs> the, the, the one that wasn't colored great, the one that is missing pages. And now I have one that has extra pages. Oh, dude, man. So maybe you just need to start buying absolute everything. Jeez, absolute vodka sponsored. Oh, <laughs> our podcast tonight. But um, that that was definitely my favorite part. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I uh, and just the way that he draws women, just in general. <laughs> are you objectifying his drawings right now? Yes, okay. I love the way that he draws women. Their yeah. faces, of course, mm-hmm. especially. That's where he yeah, excels. And, and I like the like the words that he makes them say. Yes, the, yeah. that too. I guess they have good personalities and, and whatnot. <laughs> Uh, but actually, you know, I I kind of hate Lois Lane. She was pretty awesome in this book. She was just yeah, she a was cool. just a ball buster, and I really appreciated it. And um, you know, I I don't give a shit about Hal Jordan. I never have. But but he, I'm turning your mic off. Turn his mic off. But I I appreciated. I it it made he made it an interesting character. Uh, the way that he wrote it. Uh, I've never particularly cared about Martian Manhunter either, and I really liked that. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I also um, so when Martian Manhunter and um, oh man I can't remember Faraday his, Far- King, Faraday. King Faraday are riding together. No, it's before Dude, Faraday. Actually, can you guys tell me who that is? Is that did Darren Cook make? No, no he's Faraday. been around. I don't yeah, remember. I don't uh, recognize I can't him. What series he's from? I can yes. t- I could look it Dude, up. Dude, like I always that. thought I was like a DC dude, and then I'm uh-huh. reading this, I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Like I couldn't tell forever who how Jordan was it? How Jordan who kept calling Ace uh, Pappy or whatever? I'm like, oh right, who, yeah. Who's the... this Pappy guy? Who's this Pappy yeah, guy? Yeah, he's just right. as a. And then I name. saw that it was like uh, the dude from Challengers, but. So the Jimmy's Bar is in there. That's um, Jimmy Palamiotti's. Um, Did you say Palamati? Palamiotti's. How okay. you say it? Yeah, yeah that's Palmiati. Um, it's on the cover of that Darwin Cook art book. That oh, yeah. that bar is in there. Um, they're eating there. But anyway, the part I really enjoyed was uh, when Martian Manhunter is riding with, along with another character. And I don't remember who it is, but they they get to this church, and there's these like um, cult guys. Yeah, and then Batman's already in there beating the crap out of everyone. Yeah, Batman goes to release the kid. And the kid is freaking out because yeah. he's afraid of Batman. Right. So later, Batman decides to change yeah, his costume awesome. and get a sidekick because he doesn't want to scare kids. Right. You know. And I, I thought it was really cool that it went from the dude that picture, it, yeah. like where where uh, Superman first meets Robin, and Robin is just like doing cartwheels in the back. Such a kid, dude. Me, yeah. <laughs> in the background, he's just doing cartwheels while Batman and Superman are having adult talk. Uh, and then he's just like, "Yeah, where where'd you get the kid from?" And he's just like. <laughs> Well, his parents died, and then I figured it was a good time to make him a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the most remarkable thing Uh about that never really hit me before until I reread it is the fact that this is a essentially a Justice League book. It's a huge DC book, and Batman is nowhere to be found in the final battle. Oh, well, um, funny, you should tell me about that final battle because I didn't read the last issue. So. He's he's not in it. Oh really, dude? Uh, that's the thing. Isn't is that, like, that is something else, dude? I would not call it essentially a Justice League book because it's like Rick Flag the whole time. It's like that's a Suicide true. Squad book, dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. In fact, that's that's one of the beefs I have with this book. To tell you the truth, is is uh, I was never into 
the Suicide Squad or Rick Flag or any of that. And like it seems to follow them and then the challengers, the unknown, which they're unknown. Teen Titans Go makes a joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's uh, in the names, yo. And they are the driving force of the whole freaking story, basically, dude. And then this yes. Faraday dude. And uh, the superheroes like come in and go, and and that's one criticism. I'll give another criticism right now since I've got the microphone. Uh, we just have one because yeah. <laughs> we don't make that much money off our ads. Thank you for your support, Anchor. We gather around the microphone, Bruce Springsteen style. We all <laughs> lean in. That's right. <laughs> just about kissing each other, practically. Um, so one of my criticisms about this book is it jumps a lot, dude. Like, like especially at the beginning. Eventually, they bring sort of bring everything together i i don't know dude i i just think it was way too long and it would have been better as maybe a four issue series because like half the time i so they have like the uh dialogue boxes yeah. half the time i don't even know who's talking in those dialogue boxes dude like <laughs> like it showed a close-up at one point it showed a close-up of uh rick flag's face and a dialogue box on it and it turns out it wasn't rick flag talking it was how jordan talking the yeah, whole time about, bantering, about, right weren't they uh, this was just how Jordan narrating. It was just a. It, oh, okay. it wasn't the spe- speech bubbles, but it was the uh, whatever. The little box, the boxes, the, yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and like half the and today it would be like color coded or like now it, like with current comics like they'll put like the little Superman logo in the top of the box if a Superman's talking and a Batman logo if Batman's talking. Or they even stylize them to the person talking. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then with this one, I was just like, okay, who's talking? <laughs> and a lot of times I would find out who it was, but but it jumps so much that like sometimes there would only be like two, two pages of like one storyline and then it would go to another storyline. And it was just, especially the first of it, just seemed like he would... It was a little erratic to me. So quick question. You guys are DC guys. Make it quick. This center that they're fighting. Um, is Was that just for the story? Has this has that been in anything else? Why are you going to back us into a corner like this? Well, I, I, thought you guys, <laughs> I thought you guys might know. I um, sure as yes, hell don't know. Yeah, uh, it has been in something else. It was in... Um, uh, DC Comics Cavalcade uh, issue two. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So well, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. But like, yeah, when Please I do. when I was uh, again just reading this this time. Okay, oh, so go ahead. So um, in the back of this, what spy, you got a freaking dictionary in the spy back? Spy train, a special thriller featuring King Faraday. Um, so King Faraday is Dude, in is this. Is that book. a Jack Kirby Superman? It is. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. You guys can't see it, but it looks awesome. That is it. There's also Challenge of the Unknown uh, artwork in here, Strange Adventures. Anyway, there's... Um, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman. I think, um, and that's the thing, is if you look at a bunch of this stuff... Adventure Comics, uh, The Flash, wow, uh, Justice okay, League yeah, of America. Black Canary, Black Hawks. Black, wait, Black what? Black Hawks. <laughs> okay, let's check it. Hawks. <laughs> you know, the pilots. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean... Pilots. This book has a lot of. Uh, it couldn't have all been pilots. Some of them had to have been first mates. Were they all pilots? Were black, co- were black, black hawks? hawks. All I, think, I think they were all pilots. I'm pretty sure they were all captains. So then, yeah, probably Black Hawk Island. Black they have their own island. Black. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, it's in the middle. <laughs> I think isn't it in the middle of Pacific? Maybe it's in the middle of your mom. 
Whoa, probably is. <laughs> so where, what are you getting at right now? Because right now I feel like you're just reading a book and we're on a podcast. Oh, sorry. So, no, reading. I'm just saying that there, there's a bunch of stuff it, uh, in this book um, hidden. There, it, you just Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Thank you. Like, thank you. like it's eggs. like the, on su- that Easter Sunday morning when yeah. the anticipation is rising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, okay. what I liked about <laughs> the center this time that Why I didn't notice before. Why do you keep saying before. center? Is that the name of the, That's the, the, name of the creature? Cent- centaur. Center. Center. With an I R C R E N T R E. Centre. Centre. Oh, okay. Centre. Yeah. Is that how you say Centre. it? Yeah, that's a French word. What does it mean? Center. But it was very, oh it was okay. very H.P. Lovecraft. Even the the scene with the cult kidnapping the 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 yeah. kid and like reading their yeah, their cool. possessed book. It was all very H.P. Lovecraft, which I'd never noticed before. Was and that was fun? Was the Doctor Seuss part H.P. Lovecraft? Yes, being driven mad by the book. Absolutely, that's all that he ever writes about. Yeah. Ancient alien. Now God the way they defeat overtake. the center, I love that part. How do they defeat the center? Uh, so, John I need Paul, you to say sont for the rest sont. of the <laughs> So, they see the sont. Wee uh, <laughs> wee, oui, oui, sont. Way, way out there in Maurice, the ocean. Maurice, that Sacre bleu. Ay, ay, ay. How do they say French fries. <laughs> French toast. <laughs> Sorry. French keys. <laughs> Sorry, Maurice, if you're listening. <laughs> Crazy old Maurice, eh? <laughs> Anyway, so the song is in the middle of the ocean. I love how easy it is to derail Cali, and he's <laughs> and, not drinking. It's true. <laughs> I am drinking Arizona watermelon. Mm. Anyway. Yum, oh, yum. And uh, Cali's wife, he drank a little bit of beer tonight. Sorry. Just smell him when he gets yeah. home. Except yep, <laughs> Spencer shot beer everywhere. Um, anyway, the Atom, Ray Palmer, creates a projector Rape backpack. what? Ray Palmer. <laughs> What's an Almer? <laughs> I, I, I understand uh, the first word, but what's an Almer? <laughs> <laughs> I just got Kelly with that one. Oh, boy. So, Ray, the Adam Palmer. <laughs> he, he makes Dude, his. We should just hit stop. <laughs> No, we got to... Does anybody want to know how this ends? <laughs> I, I know. I don't know, actually. I read. But I have some more stuff to talk about. So they put anyway. a backpack. Me too. It's a shrinking array projector on the back of the Flash, and he runs around the centre. Centre. Jean-Paul Centre. <laughs> I like it, dude. Really fast, over and over and over, and it shrinks the centre. And... <laughs> Do you say the honk? The centre. How do you say it? Centre. Centre. Not sonk. Centre. Okay. Centre. Okay. So anyway, he shrinks it and... Uh, Hal Jordan envelops it. And, and then kicks it out. It's gone into space. That sounds it really boring. In the in the ball? I can't remember how it was. There was way too much remember. Randall Flag in this comic. Did I already say that Randall already? Flag. Ray R- Flag. Rick Flag. Rick Flag. Yeah. Yeah, dude... Nobody cares about Rick Flag. Why is he in this book <laughs> so much? Well, that's what's weird too is the the losers were there to rescue Rick Flag, and he's supposed to be in a Suicide Squad, so he's not really supposed to come back anyway, right? Um, well, no, he has to lead the Suicide Squad, dude. The Suicide Squad's dead. The Suicide Squadron is dead, but then he gets another Suicide Squad later. 
Remember? Oh, that's just, yes. Harley, dude. Harley Quinn is not in this book, thank <laughs> goodness. Maybe that's what I was missing. No Harley Quinn. <laughs> dude, that's true. Holy crap, dude. Darwin Cook worked on the animated series. He loves Harley, Harley Quinn. No Harley Quinn. Batman's not in the big battle. Un- unreal. How did they even get this published? No shit. How did DC okay this? <laughs> um, Crazy. So, hey, there's another part I want to talk about, you guys. Do you remember when Wonder Woman was flying in on her jet? Oh, and yeah. it's all bloody oh, inside. That's my badass. Yes, that dude, that picture that is awesome. Where yeah. like you can see some of the she's uh, like part flying. of her ship, but it's only because she's bleeding all yeah. over her ship. Yeah, I think yeah. she's returning from the abortion clinic. Oh, Kelly, god damn it! That's a, okay. I can't well. look at that picture the same anymore. <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> What would it take to give Wonder Woman an abortion? Superman. <laughs> He's the only one that can do it. This hanger with my eyes. Oh, uh, okay, damn. no, but really, you're really taking away from like something that was I thought was actually awesome, dude. So like, she's flying in an invisible jet, but you see like outlines of her chair and her steering right. wheel Just and the floor of the, of the plane. Just because of the blood. Because she's like gotten Ugh. like her shit messed up, dude. Right? Yeah. And uh, I, I thought that was so cool, like mm-hmm. how he portrayed that. The end battle is pretty brutal. I mean, uh, Faraday goes down, and Martian Manhunter kind of developed this relationship with him throughout the time. I, I really like that part. And too. so he like yells "King," and then also he gets like super pissed, and then you see his arms fly up, and there's blood coming out of like where his arms are going to, just because he's so pissed. I feel like I should have skipped reading the first issue, and I should have read the six, like two through six. Dude. You should have. You should have read because <laughs> the first issue seriously is so boring, and even if you watch the movie. You're just like, dude, why is this part even in it? It feels like 20 minutes of this movie shouldn't even be in it. You should have read all the even number books, and you would have been fine. Oh, you're right, dude. Two, four, and six, dude. I I like the first issue because of the War That Time Forgot stuff. I like that To me, I don't see how a lot of that connects to the freaking story, dude. Because they had to introduce Faraday. Or not Faraday, but uh, because that Rick island Flag. was part of the centre. Yeah, that island was part of it. Yes, and yeah. so that's why it's the yeah. war that time forgot. So when they send the losers to go get rescue the Suicide Squad. Okay, so so here's the thing: Can we all agree that from a writing perspective, this book should have been shorter? Completely agreed. Yes. Yeah. I I think there could be some things taken out. That the thing didn't is, is that the fact that we get this many pages of amazing artwork. It, I'm, I'm all for keeping it right. but from a writing dude think about the fact like I was thinking about this what if a different writer had written this like Jeff Loeb uh, yeah what if Jeff Loeb had written this no just like what if it or no sorry sorry what if a different artist had drawn this no who would care about this story dude no, this, um, this story wouldn't have flown yeah because like, like what makes Alex story Ross so cool? could pull it off maybe yeah I think you're right but that's it yeah except for not yeah dude that's a lot of pages from <laughs> oh yeah that would yeah, <laughs> yeah it would never happen but never dude happened. like if this were just drawn by like uh, like uh, Scott Koblish is that an artist uh, probably did I just make that name Scott up Scott Collins or Scott Goodwin? Collins that's who I'm thinking of yeah Ish. if this had been by Scott Collins would anybody care about this book Especially no, if it was by Scott Collins, but but uh, or no, no, you're you're absolutely Jim Aparo, like 
I don't think so. Honestly, I think even it would if be Jim like Apparel a misstep. Did, be boring as shit. Yeah, it would be a misstep. Yeah. It'd be like, dude, why did you waste man. your time doing this? Love yeah. Him. But like because it was Darren Quick's art, that's the only reason people are like all about uh, yeah. New Frontier, in yeah. my opinion. And like, you can't blame them for it. No, because it, it is no way, dude. it lends to the time. Oh, tell yeah. me more about that. We've talked about that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, like as as a love his love letter to the gold and silver age. Like my my Boss? Former boss, yeah. Oh, dude, you need to cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> he's at the Melvins right now, so he's probably texting me endless pictures. Are of they the not Melvins. playing a torch? Are they? No, there's the Melvins are playing and torches also playing. Oh, okay. Playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't afford to go to either one. Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> Melvins, tonight. yeah. Melvins are fun. I Melvins seen are them forever. Are lots of fun. I, I've seen them once, but anyway, back to comics. Oh, but um, but yeah, like I think as as a singular work of art i think that this is really amazing and i think that there i respect this book and appreciate it so much and i do not love it at all <laughs> but i respect the shit out of it because and i appreciate it so much dude this is the second curveball you're throwing tonight no but okay, like no, i don't but no you said you hear me so out. you respect it but you don't love it yes all right like Bjork kind of, kind and like, like Tom Waits. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, these are artists that okay, I, no, I respect, right. that but sense, I do actually. not love at all. Dude, I got a ton of bands like that. Actually. I do love yeah. his art, though. Like you said, the, this art is some of the probably possibly the best art there is. Mm -hmm. And it's just astoundingly beautiful. And in the future, I will flip through this often and I will never read this again. Right. You should have had Scott Collins write this for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just looking at it, I plan to, to look at it a lot. Uh, just because it is um, so beautiful to look at this. <coughs> but, but like, um, it's, 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 a, it's a love letter to a, a period of comics and a whole bunch of comic characters that I just don't give a shit about. I, the thing is, I, I love this book. Because I love this era. Right. And, and, and maybe that's... And again, I like seeing Easter eggs. I like seeing different portrayals. Again, like we've talked about before, right? Dude, like, what do you love about like the first seven Green Lantern issues? Can you just tell me? <laughs> what's your favorite part about the first seven Green Lantern issues? Because they're they old <laughs> and they don't talk about them in, the hot, in hot Topic. Yeah, that's it, right? You love it because you feel superior no. to other people. Well, here's the other thing. Oh, sure. Well, normally I am, but... Um, you don't love Viserra. You think you love Viserra. Everybody thinks they love Viserra, but they don't. Okay, maybe I don't love the era. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you I guys believe you, like, Kelly. I, I think that you do. This You're is, a good this, guy, I Ryan. believe this I don't is considered an Elseworlds book. <laughs> is yeah, it an Elseworlds? it is now. Is, yeah. Oh. It has to be Elseworlds, actually, because Darwin yeah. Cook like, put a bunch of crap in there. So here's like, the thing, they didn't is, have black superheroes These back are then. other True. adaptations of characters that I enjoy more than the actual character. We talked about this before, how I prefer different versions the of the characters The authority to the Justice League. Right. Yeah, that's my son. I didn't care for this Superman, I'll be honest. He was too much of a stooge, government stooge for me. But Batman was cool when he was in there a little bit, right? So was Wonder Woman when she leads those, like... Wonder Woman was a badass. It's because she bled, dude, all the time. She was constantly... Well, she's she, a warrior, man. That's her job. And yeah. she is a badass. And she helped those uh, 
I don't even know what. Oh yeah, that's right. Those women kill the men in, in their in town. house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was rad. Hey, can I tell you one other cool part that we haven't talked about? Yeah. Do you remember how uh, the Fleischer Superman was in it? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh-huh. they went to him, or who was it that went to the movie? Martian Manhunter. Oh yeah, dude. Let's talk about Martian Manhunter for a little bit. I know we've talked about him before, but he kind of just seemed like a Kelly to me in this show like just like our friend s- kelly yeah sorry you guys don't get that reference <laughs> he just was like a dude who sits out so old kelly modern day kelly that's a different story yeah, but yeah. but old kelly was just a dude who sits at home and loves watching stuff on tv and that's what this that's what this martian manhunter was he was like a fan of tv and he's like I'm going to play a detective in real life. Right. Because he loved watching detective stories on TV. And I, I hated that, dude. That wasn't heroic at all. That was like a fanboy. He was like a nerdy, recluse fanboy who did, got a job. <laughs> like, but he was learning how to be an American by watching TV. What's so good about that? And so, well, I can tell you one thing. Trump wasn't in office at this time. <laughs> who was? Eisenhower. Right? Or Nixon? Uh, no. Go to, go to timeout. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I actually, like, Martian Manhunter played, like, a kind of cute role. You're like, oh, he's just, like, Encino Man trying to learn how to, like, adjust to right. whatever society Right, it's a fun fish-out-of-water yeah. type character. But right. at the same time, I, I feel like he was just, like, so foreign. Like, the one I read in the 80s or whatever was, like, he was a hero. He was like fully developed. This one was just like, oh, I seen this thing on TV, so I'm gonna be like this. It, it's like he gets he gets there at the end. Final final it. issue. I should have read that freaking issue. That's what I'm saying. Like when when he sees King Faraday die or get injured, he cries. That makes him a hero. No, he freaks out and like starts killing a bunch of things, it's like ripping them apart yeah. and stuff. Hmm. So he becomes the hero you want him to be. But right. the, th- the problem is, is, it seems like. He, it seems like you don't really like the beginning of things. You more like the, the end, of things. So I don't like marriages. I like divorces. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, no, dude, I love, dude. I was all about um, like some of the early Jeff Loeb love letter stuff, dude. Like, but this to me, it just seems like a retelling of it. It's like, how many book- times have you read this? And in, in, have you read this before? Dude, I'm questioning. I thought I'd always read it, but maybe I just flipped through it. Huh. Dude. Like because I used to love this. I remember telling right. everybody this is the most amazing book ever. But as I was reading it, I was just like, "What is going hmm. on?" Like, first of all, I really think it was a disservice to start it out with um, uh, the losers. Oh, actually, yeah. Like, I love Kirby. I'm a Kirby dude, but I think it was a disservice because. It's supposed to be the dawning of superheroes, and you don't even see superheroes for the first issue. Like, it to me, uh, they should have. He should have skipped ahead. I don't. I don't know. And in fact, mm. why is he putting the losers before superheroes? That I mean, Superman came around in what nineteen twenty-seven or something or thirty. What? When was the time? Thirty-nine. That no. sounds right. Was it 39? Yeah, I think so. 38. 30. Okay, so it was before World War II. So, yeah. so why is he starting it out with World War II, dude? I don't understand that. Callie? He explains in the book that the superheroes at the time have been outlawed. 
So, like, he introduces it with the losers, and they're going to rescue Rick Flag and the Suicide Squad. Right after that, they talk about how there's no superheroes around because of the 1938. Fact. Oh, 30. By, sorry. By the way. Okay. So, it was six years before World War II. Why are they starting with these guys, dude? Because comics in real life transitioned from Golden to Silver Age around World War II time. So you got to start with probably, probably World War like II after. Yeah, when is the Silver Age official start? I don't know. After? I know it ended in 1956, and I think that's too late for it to end. I've always had a hard time with that. I'm like, I always why did thought the, like 70 was when the Bronze. That's what age I began. thought too, dude. But like, if you, I googled it one time, and the Silver Age ends. In like 1958. Yeah, because we were or trying to buy like the the hell the earliest comics before like yeah. yeah. Dude, I don't understand that, uh, and and I do oh. think it's a little fuzzy. Like, but well, according um, to I'm the sure history of lines. Silver Age comic books, okay, the term Silver Age refers to Joan Temple. Uh, the Silver Age is commonly considered to have begun in 56, and to have lasted until about 75. What? That Dude, seems a little late to me. I think we need to bring up the fact that nobody actually knows yes. what silver gold or silver. yes. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, I, there's some comics that are clearly okay. golden age. Wikipedia some says 56 to 70. 70. Really? See, I like that one. I would better. I would consider that to be actual fact. Like seven, 56 to 70. Yeah, that 70 like 70 on that's where I get the Yeah, that sounds the better. boner for my comics. Yeah. Bronze age too. No, that does sound better to me. I like um, that better. And huh. I hate that they come up with these Names like Copper Age and Platinum Age what, and all stuff like. Why that. are you saying it mockingly? What are you going to call the '90s, dude? Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys just saw this most awkward high five, a fist bump that I've ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now we just. <laughs> okay. So I mean, eventually, that's the thing is like, eventually you're going to have to come up with new ages. What yes, is that, modern age going to have to last? Until eternity? Well, my, my point of this, the superheroes not being around, is because, <clears throat> excuse me, the war is over. Excuse this, the Thank you. The losers are on a rescue team to go save the Suicide Squad. Remember and when they, I had Because teach. the superheroes have been outlawed. And so when they're, so when, because the superheroes are outlawed, that's, that's when the Golden Age they fell away. They mostly needed to save Flag because he had... Because he's the only one alive, dude. His whole squadron died. Because he had some... What did he have? He had a book. It was the cent, the book of the center. Oh, whatever. okay. All right. Yeah, Sankt. it was the cent, Sankt book. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, and, and so that's like why Batman is still in his creepy outfit because it's still the golden age and he becomes silver age when he rescues that little boy and beca- decides to get Robin. You're right, you're and, right. And so if you think about it, like the golden age, like the Justice Society... Where do they go for 40 years in, in real time? Let's talk time? about this. Where was the Justice Society in this book? There was no Wildcat. There was no Dr. Fate. There is Wildcat. He boxes... He boxes uh, Muhammad Ali. Cassius Clay. Uh, yes, he no, does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Is yes. this a six issue? No. No. That's no. early it's on. It's like no, you guys are wrong. Rick Flag is boxing. No, it's, it's Muhammad That's Ali. That's Wildcat. Rick Flag is Wildcat? No. Since when? No. no. Wildcat? Here, Wildcat here. is... is Wildcat, he's fighting Muhammad Cassius Ali. Clay. See, that's why I was and they so call confused. Him Clay. That's how why I was so confused about this book, dude. I thought it was Rick Flag the whole time that was boxing. And, and I'm they, like, it, why are they making Rick? No, they call him Rick Flag in it. No, they call no, him they Wildcat. Ted, no, Ted, whatever. Is yeah, his Ted name. Wild. Yeah, it's Wildcat. Ted. 
Gwen, show me where they call him. <laughs> you Ted, guys don't have to right now. Ted Grant is his name. <laughs> okay. And they call him. Gosh, I just shouldn't have. I should have paid more attention while I was reading. Is all I'm saying. And what's cool about this too is so in where the crowd, was Dr. There's a bunch of famous people. Doctor Fate. Where was he's he? hanging oh, out he's, on the moon? Yeah, he's in the back in the end. Look at this right here. I'll show you. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm the worst reviewer. And of Our all Man time. dies in it. And um, where is Stars and Stripe? <laughs> Kelly, looks don't translate to. I'm microphone. Ted Friggin Wildcat Grant. How this is I? my fight. These are my people. I, I'm blaming the DC app for not putting that panel in the app. They probably left that out, too. Yeah. Yeah, See, maybe. Adam Strange is in here. Look at how cool that is, dude. Yeah, Adam Strange is a big player oh, in the last issue. Oh, dude, Adam Strange is weak. There's so, a whole mystic like like realm that then where's Dr. Zatanna? Fate, where's Spectre, at? She's on Adam Sanadu. Yeah, too. she's in there. Yeah. Okay. With, with oh, she seems to be with Phantom Stranger, like... She is, she's, she's holding his arm, yeah, and his like, eyes are. Like, yeah, let me see if like I can find it. Cozy is, it up together. Is he her pimp? It seems like it. Probably. See, so here's Doctor <laughs> Fate. That picture. Right here, look. Oh, dude, nice. See, look, Spectre and Doctor Fate on the I'm moon. Looking at, I'm not looking at that. Finish the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's Madame Xanadu. It says it's Zatanna. Oh, maybe it is Zatanna. Okay, yeah. never mind. So, so listen, folks, Kelly. I do love this era. I, li- I, I love- liked I liked it more than Spencer did, but I still don't love it. I just respect it. I think it's a. I think the amount of work that he put into this is pretty incredible. It is. So why should people <coughs> buy this and love it? Because if you, I feel like if you want to know a convoluted history <laughs> of DC Comics, you should read it. <laughs> Um, no, it's not convoluted. He was trying to put his own stamp on it, right? So I, maybe that's what I can yeah. respect that. And there was uh, honestly, my biggest beef with it is he didn't put enough of his own stamp on it. Like there were some things that were different. Like he had, I don't think Martian Manhunter watched cartoons and stuff. Like I think that was probably a Darwin Cook thing. Yeah, but like, and I don't think he changed it enough, in my opinion. Uh, it just seemed like a re- so much of it seemed like a retelling of stuff that I already knew about and that was my biggest beef but I should have read the end and so you shouldn't believe anything I say um, well <laughs> if you love or you think you love the era of early silver which is where Kelly fits in <laughs> I would suggest picking up this book <laughs> if you think you're a fan of yeah, if you Gold think you're Age. a fan of Silver Age or Golden Age comics, pick it up. Yeah, if, if you think you're a fan, or if you're just a fan of like amazing art, like honestly, mm-hmm. dude, I'll still like give this a four out of five just because of the art, dude. Yeah, but like the comic, and maybe it felt like work because of the podcast. I don't know, dude, but I was just like, holy cow, why am I doing this for free? I should have been paid. Dude. We're getting paid with the commercial. Thank you, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just so beautiful, and the way yeah. that the art was done, the covers are awesome. They're all like kind of like Art Deco style, um, which I love. And uh, yeah, dude, you should get it, dude. Darwin Cook, dude, he's a man. It just, is, it's just so beautiful. Look, just at. don't read it. Yeah, just flip through. Yeah, <laughs> right, Kelly. That, that's where no, I'm at. read it. It's good. Thank you once again for lending your ears for this uh, time that we have taken from you. We love ears. <laughs> They've shared it with us. 
Yes, thank you for sharing with us. I hope you guys got something out of this. Um, Anyhow. If you have any uh, comments about New Frontier, how we I was wrong specifically, uh, email us at both of us the lost cold storage podcast at yeah. gmail.com. Instagram at cold storage podcast. Don't go there. We never post. Yeah, we don't really. It's ever. dude. He's the Kelly's the social media guy, and he doesn't post on it. So, Kelly, and up uh, your game. I will up my game. <laughs> I'll I wait. want you to promise our I'll listeners to the that you'll camera. Do it. I promise the listeners I will. Okay. There are parts of it that are awesome. Like, again, I go like, back. Like that one picture that he drew. No, I go, I go back to, you go to the, gen, the Henry Iron story. You go to the Batman story about saving that kid. What, well, Batman saved a kid? In the church. In a cult? That's been done before, dude. It's funny if it's been done before. I like the way it's done in this book. Because it's drawn well. Maybe that's why. Because it's drawn well. I want you to admit that if Scott Collins did this book, you wouldn't give two craps about it. I can't. You would still like it, even if Scott Collins drew it. Okay, I'll I'll tell you what. There is a book that I have at home. Did you know that he did some stuff recently that was actually pretty good? Yeah, I feel like we talked about that. I think we did. We We did. Wait, was it the Sandman thing? Well, no, that was a different artist that you hated. That that remember that uh, Sandman? Yeah, the Kirby Hundred. Uh, oh no, that was Bogdanov. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. John yeah. Bogdanov. Yeah. What did Collins do that was good recently? I don't know, but he did something good that was. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there. Re- anyway, there's a book I have at home called DC Legacies, and actually Ryan looked through this the other day. Wait, why didn't you let me do it? Because you weren't at my house. <laughs> Wait, why was Ryan in your house? We hang out like all the time, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> so. It's written by Len Wein. What? Did you say Len Wein? Len Wein. Okay. Len Wein. Um, I believe it's Wein. <laughs> Len Wein. So it was written by Hen Wein. And Len Wein. Len Wein. And, and <laughs> the, art, the art is definitely nowhere near as good as Darwin Cook. There are some good artists in the book. How good is Len Wein? Len Wein's great, dude. Len He's Wein's like a good. fine... He's like a, he's he's a, like fine. a fine Len wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how was his art, dude? Thank you. He doesn't do art. He so who did the art? Writes. Um, it's 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 a compilation you're of different to artists. Compare this to Scott Collins, right? So my point is, is that the the story is good because Len Wein wrote it, but the art is like, meh, it's decent, but it's not great, right? But I still like the book because I like the story. Oh, dude, no, a hundred percent. Like, dude, I definitely, dude. When, uh, for example, uh, The Walking Dead, when Charlie Adler first started, I hated his art so bad. Well, especially against Tony Moore's. Art. Yeah, exactly. It's just but, so different. But dude, the but like the story kept me in. So I'm okay with a good story that has bad art. Yes. But not a bad story with good art. I'm I'm okay with this too. I'm okay with New Frontier. It's just I don't put it up there with like the best of the best because the story, I'm sorry, but dude. Everybody is else does. Yes. Why are we? It's just the art. The dude. outliers. I think it's just the art. People won't admit it, but it's just the art and the and the uh retro like feel to it, right? Yeah. Like He's really cool. Like, I I feel like rockabilly people would be into him, dude. Oh, for sure, dude. Like, because totally. he's so like retro cool, like tiki cool, dude. Like, it's uh, why I watched like eight 
goddamn seasons of Mad Men just because <laughs> yeah, just because the aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what he pulls off. And I feel like that's what this is, but it's yeah. not a particularly good story. It's it's an amazing set with a mediocre story. I, okay, I can agree. I can agree with that statement. That I I it's not that I don't. It the the story is basically just the retelling of DC's history from golden to silver. It, but the thing is, is it's not necessarily like that is one of my beefs with it is some of the stuff is just a retelling, but even the stuff that he added in other than John Henry, John Henry, I think is awesome. One thing I didn't say when we were doing the actual show is that, uh, there's this whole like ballad of John Henry, right? Where he's yeah. uh, fighting against a machine to, to dig a tunnel through this mountain. Right. Uh-huh. And he's got his hammer and the machine He's fighting this, this like machine to dig the tunnel through a mountain, um, but when they were when they were saying the words basically to that to that song, it was showing the Ku Klux Klan and and the Ku Klux Klan was the machine. Right. And I I thought that was freaking amazing, dude. Like that to me is the high point of the entire book. Dude. He does at the very end. He does. Um, there's a speech by JFK about. The New Frontier. That's where he got the term oh, term from. Cool. Okay. Um, and it's the I think like literally last thing in the book. Uh-huh. And it's um, it is an amazing speech. And like he it does the same thing. He has the speech, and then he there's beautiful you know lovely panels. And um, the thing that in our current political co- climate, I was like, this is the most amazing speech I ever read. <laughs> yeah. And it's still every <laughs> single line is like so applicable so completely 100 percent right. applicable Dude. to what bullshit we're going through today and if half of the country read this this speech they think uh what a what a stupid fag yeah right. <laughs> and they were, it is just like the most beautiful amazing speech that's ever been written it is still so applicable and like all oh, i can man. think of is like holy crap half the if oh, dude. half the nation the would, would, would oh yeah stuff. yeah oh yeah oh dude I gotta read that now that I think that would have topped it it's off. like the Maybe. last few pages yeah it's, dude, yeah it's like last three or something I do feel like uh, when you read something or like watch something without the payoff at the end it's not as good dude and I yeah I think you gave up till too early honestly I just I just like got so bored with the middle of this story dude. yeah there was like so much stuff like when they were going through like the bulletin board notes and stuff. I was Starts like, right here, skip, skip. Epilogue, okay, the, new, epilogue. the new frontier. I was just, there were so many parts. I was like, I don't need to know about what's going on. He would do like three pages about some like scientific like thing. And I'm like, this has no bearing on the actual story. You're just indulging yourself, dude. Like it's hard to say that a little bit because art takes a long time. Writing is faster. Uh-huh. So it's hard to say that he's being indulgent because he's like, because if I have to draw it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I picture myself making a comic by myself, I'm just like, if I write this thing, I'm going to have to draw it all out. So like, <laughs> he may not be being indulgent, but yeah, I mean, his talent is in drawing. Um, and he's an okay writer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think and that's I, what this and is. I, you made a good point. I mean, it, like you say, if you take the art away, it's it's mediocre. Yeah. But but the art is what puts. That's I guess, I guess that's why I love it is because it's it's decent writing, but like the artwork is is where it's it is at. Incredible. And, I, and yeah. I just really like Darwin Cook style. 
Dude, his style is amazing, and I like the whole like old fifties style to his whole aesthetic. But, but at the same time, like there were definitely so many pages that I was just like, oh, this shouldn't have been. So Ryan's trades came in two parts, right? Yes. Um, Callie has the absolute edition, which is in one part, and I read them in single issues. Um, I feel like this story would have been awesome if it was just one of those uh, stories, but with the caveat that if it was only one of those books we would have been missing on a whole bunch of awesome art dude so yeah agreed i don't want to get rid of his art so i'm okay with the length um it just yeah like i said just look at the pictures <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at like i i i know i said it before but i will continue to look at this and be blown away by it and i, I honestly probably won't ever read it again so even when you're like 45 definitely not that's in like a year and a half no way so, maybe when i'm 50 okay i'll read it at if 50, i'm still alive at 50 i think that's a good time to reread this 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 book that would um, be my new frontier yeah that's right where you're about to die yeah exactly <laughs> but i have like two more years left <laughs> Say goodnight, Callie. Goodnight, Callie. Yes.